What's up, guys? Welcome to the Safe Continue Podcast. My name is Ryan Robinson. With me is Tom Shelby. Hello. Uh, Shanae is not here today, but uh, you have Tom and I here to talk to you about video games and all the cool shit. Yeah, wearing the same clothes we wore last week. Last week? Uh, we don't change our clothes, man. Yeah. I mean... It's a mystery. Yeah. Uh, why bathe or change clothes when you have all these video games to play? Sure. <laughs> uh, Tom. Yes, sir. How are you today, a week later from the last episode? <laughs> Excellent. Awesome. I as well. Uh, I will say that I have not played any video games in the last week because I've been here at this table. Sure. Uh, but Tom, I wanted to have a good old fashioned conversation with you today Okay. about video games. Okay. Talk to me. I feel like we haven't talked just about video games in such a long time and it'd be good to get back to that. Okay. Okay. Uh, so we talked, we've already talked at length about Resident Evil 2. You're excited to get it. Uh, you're excited to finally play it more than the one shot demo. You've had three shots. Right. Uh, so need more shots, need more shots. So, uh, Tom, you said that you wanted to, uh, you said you want the first playthrough. you want to take your time yeah, and, uh, and you know, let everything sink in, like look at all the details, look at all the, you talked about the flaws, uh, with the, uh, the background image for the documentation and the signage and stuff. Right. Uh, but after, uh, after you do that, are you going to, you think, you think that you're going to try to go back through and, and, uh, be, and actually give it an honest shot at beating it as fast as you can? I mean, it just depends on if the game grabs me or not. You know, yeah. I really liked the demo quite right. a bit. Right. Um, and shorter games like this are games that I'm more likely to do that with, right? Like, right. uh, it's like, uh, when the Shadow of the Colossus remake came out last year, almost a year, uh, or like just, just a little over a year ago. Yeah. I've beat that probably 20, 30 times in the last year. Yeah. You know, uh, I think shorter games just lend themselves to that, to perfecting them. Right. Like I feel really good at near automata and Bayonetta and, and games like that, but those are long games. But those are long games yeah. I'm not just going to, you know, try to work through over and over and over again. Sure. Uh, I remember, uh, shadow of the Colossus does have some sort of time attack mode, right? Yeah, it does. Uh, now is that, it's counting the time for the whole game. Is there like a mode for just beating, like where you can just time a fight with a specific colossus? That's what the time attack is. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because I, th I, what I thought, I don't know why I remember it just being like the clock is always ticking. No. In between when you're fighting colossi. Basically, after you've beat one of them, you can go back to its crumbled statue and pray at it. Okay. And then it goes into like a time attack mode. Okay. Cool. Which is like what you need to do to unlock different items. Yeah. Uh, with, uh, with Shadow Classes, there are a lot, like I know that you had, like you were getting, the, what was it, geckos? Was it geckos? Yeah, there's like these little that? skinks, these blue tail skinks. That you uh, is there, like, I know that, but you kind of have to go off the beaten path to find those, right? Yeah. Uh, is there more to see beyond that or just like, you just think, like taking in the view, but is there like more stuff to find or... I mean, yeah, there is, but it's minimalist and minimalist on purpose, right? Like there's, so there's geckos and if you eat their tails, uh, it increases your grip meter right. over time very slightly. Yeah. Very slightly. Is it worth going out of your uh, way to do that? I mean, yeah, I'd say so. I mean, it just adds more to the game. There's like fruits you can eat that increase your health meter sure. very, very slightly. You're going to increase your meter both meters much more significantly by just playing it over and over again. Right. right. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think watching you play that game was the first, I, cause I had never finished the game when it first came out. Yeah. I played the original release when it came out. Uh, but like so many games over the past <laughs> like decade and a half, I started the game and I just 
for one reason or another, I would fall off of it. Right. So actually watching you uh, go through that game, and then you you handed me the controller for some Colossi that I had never fought before. Yeah, yeah. Like the like the one with the teeth. Okay. About. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh huh. It's my favorite one. Yeah. Um, like that stuff that I had never that I probably would have never seen if like you hadn't if you hadn't picked up the game because like yeah. I I always thought that the game was good, but like I just not I didn't have the attachment to it that would have made me buy the 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 new version of the game. Yeah, and I argue that the new version is the best version of the three. Yeah. Uh but you know, it's not for everybody. To me it's it, it, it always it's a toss up between that Dota and Sphere for my favorite game ever made. Yeah. But uh I like games like that of that length and of a specific skill set in which like like I feel like I have a mastery of that game. Mm-hmm. And there's not a lot of games I can say that about, yeah. you know. Uh, and I feel I don't I wouldn't say I have a mastery of it, but I would say as far as like as far as games within that uh, within that canon or whatever, I I felt I feel an ongoing attachment to Eco. Yeah, um, that's a game that you know if they if they did another if they if they did Eco the way that they did Shadow of the Classes, I probably would pick that up. Sure. Um, and the funny thing about the funny thing about Shadow of the Classes though is that if you go into it. Like if you were to look at that, that that uh, that cover art, and know nothing about the game or know nothing about that game's lineage, yeah, it very much looks like it's probably an action game. Yeah, um, and it is. Yeah, of sorts. Uh, I don't think I don't think it. <laughs> it's boss rush, you know. Sure, but I don't think it plays like an action game in the way that it would. In the way that like most games that you think of when I say action game, it plays more like a puzzle game, honestly. Yeah, like you know when you start off. The first couple of Colossi, it's very obvious what you're supposed to do with them, you know? But, like, some of the later ones, like the Tooth Guy, right? Or, like, the the second-to-last boss, the big giant gorilla dude, like... I can't imagine playing those when the game originally came out yeah. with like no guide or anything like yeah, that. Just like some of that stuff. Like how like, would you figure that shit out? Well, like you I know? look at you playing this game and, uh, some of that shit just seems indecipherable to me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, For sure. Like some, some of them, the way that you're supposed to go about beating some of them is just like, yeah. Knowing how to do that without any assistance. Yeah. It would take you a long time to figure out. Yeah. And I, I, that's always kind of been the, because both like all those uh, I haven't played The Last Guardian, so I can't speak to that. But um, I do think that a good amount of the fiction in both Eco and Shadow of the Colossus is because they I feel like a lot of the times in when people are speaking in those games, they're speaking very much in, in abstracts. Yeah. And they're not no one. Nothing is ever really straightforward with that. So like I feel like a lot of that stuff is kind of shrouded in the mystique of yeah i mean there's subtitles in all three games but there is also very little dialogue in all right. three games the last guardian probably has the most dialogue but it's mostly just narration right uh but yeah like you know like you did that on purpose with these games you know he he wants he wants to give you as little information as possible he wants to give you only what you need right you know um and, and i think and that and that makes me think about uh about the storytelling method that Miyazaki employs for the Soulsborne games. And, uh, yeah, well, and he points to, I mean, he points to Berserk, but he points to Shadow of the Colossus as well as a direct influence on the Soul series. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's another one of those series where, like, you know, I've, I've played all, the, I've played all three Dark Souls games, 
you know, from launch, and I I watched the the wikis kind of fill out over time. Yeah, and then I, but I still like a lot of the time, you know, I a lot of a lot of what I'm doing in those games, I'm doing assisted by like a guide, or I'm talking to people to figure shit out. Sure, and I and I tell you, like, you know, in the late two, in you know, in in our time now, right, 2010s and and beyond, like, I'd say that's kind of a like that's a back of the box bullet point for that series, right? Like having that conversation because we are so connected now, you yeah. know, like uh, which is just something that didn't really like it existed. Sure. When eco and shadow came out, yeah. but like not to the extent that it is now. Yeah. Well, you know, it, because, it, cause we had stuff like game facts, which was, or like, or other things like that, which are right. le- cause I feel like the, the things surrounding uh, like with Dark Souls, like filling out those weeks, that seems like much more of a collaborative effort amongst everybody playing the game. Absolutely. But I still, when when I look at these guys or I look at, you know, how people figure out like where to go or who to fight or whatever, I often wonder, like, how did you figure this shit out? Yeah. Because like, yeah. like, it's, it's not intuitive. But you know, it's the same thing. Like, I think what I really like about Shadow of the Colossus and more so, than uh, the Last Guardian or or Odin's Fear or Near Automata uh, is that is that you know it's it's figuring that stuff out because like dude that's that's what we came up with you know like think about the original Super Mario Brothers and that first invisible block after the third pipe right right that gives you the I think it's an extra life yeah right or something like. There was no, like, yes, there was internet. Nobody fucking used the internet. Sure, you not know? for that at least. And, uh, like, how, how, how did you figure that out? And it would, and I it wasn't was, reading Nintendo yeah, Power it was at just that one point. Of those that you just knew, right? Or you, like, you watched your older, yeah, yeah. or all the warps it. or whatever, right? Yeah. Or, like, the, the hidden walls in the original Zelda, which are not clearly defined as they are nowadays, yeah. right? That's what I, that's what I really love about that game. Uh, that are, things like that. The original Shadow of the Colossus. The fact that you could climb the shrine and get to that secret garden that you see in the end credits, it was not proven. There was no video evidence that you could do that until like eight years after that game came out. Yeah. Like obviously people had done it before, sure. but there was no evidence online to show that. Yeah, you know? well that, that game predates YouTube. Yeah, even now with the remake, like the four goats that have been found, people still don't know what that is. Yeah. You know? Um, and it's crazy for a game to have been out even just a year. And people not know every fucking detail about it. You yeah, know? yeah. Uh, and I, I, it makes you, it, it makes you think about like, uh, there's this, there's this tunnel, uh, mid to late game in River City Ransom. Yeah. And along the wall, there's a, there's a secret shop in that tunnel, and you just have to find the door. Like you just walk, you walk along the wall and keep pressing up on the D pad until the until it opens up. And I don't. I don't know how I know that that's there. Exactly, exactly. And that's like, you can point to not every NES game, yeah, but a ton of NES games and have an identical experience, you know? Yeah. Um, and I th- like a lot of the codes that I knew, like a lot of cheat codes were like, those are just passed down yeah. or passed around with my friends, like word of mouth stuff. Well, know? it's like now, right? Like I've been playing New Super Mario Bros. U, Deluxe. Yeah. Uh and there are very, very similar Mario secrets in it, right? The question, the hidden hidden blocks and secret exits to levels and, and stuff that's been in Mario since the first Mario Brothers. Well, sure. since the first Super Mario Brothers, I should say. Sure. Uh, but, like, it doesn't feel as significant anymore. 
Yeah. You know, because I could go on YouTube and find where every single one of these are. Yeah. Whereas the fact that a remake of Shadow of the Colossus has something new added to it that people still don't know. Yeah, it's it's crazy. A year later a, is that, fucking awesome. To have a, a modern game like that that yeah. is still so mysterious. Yeah. Because I, you know, I don't, what was I? And it's not even that. It's it, The other thing I think the series does well, if you consider it a series, which I do, yeah. uh, and I think that Souls does well, uh, is is the lore and the storytelling. Yeah. You know, both series have a very uh, small amount of direct lore, right? A very, very small amount of direct storytelling. Right. There's not a lot of, of text or dialogue in, in either series. Right. Uh, I mean, I guess Souls has a lot of text for like items sure. and things, sure. things of that nature, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, like narrative text. Uh, but like, dude, there's all sorts of like, uh, verse like conspiracy videos tying yeah. things together you know the the pool that that wander gets turned into a baby in in shadow of the colossus is the same design as like these weird pools in the last guardian yeah. and why is, are there are there turquoise colored things in all three games yeah. and why are there shadow enemies in all three games and yeah. like all sorts of weird deep stuff it's actually why i sent you that lore video on near automata while near automata does tell you a direct story yeah and you know the characters names and you know what's happening and all that uh you know dragon guard and near it's it's like a fucking history lesson. Somebody could teach a class on these games, sure. you know, and not from a mechanical standpoint or a gameplay standpoint, but just from a lore standpoint. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, and I think that when games have, like, a really rich lore to them and, yeah. they, and a story that you can tell outside of a single game is really awesome, which is, like, I think that one. that's one of the reasons why... Um, like I never got into the Final Fantasy games in the way that a lot of other people did. Yeah. Like there are Final Fantasy games that I really enjoy. Yeah, you loved Fifteen. Yeah, I, th you know, but at the same, like as a series, as like a series though, like it feels like th it has things that it shares among that lineage, right? But like, but on a surface level. Yeah, but like you know, yeah, like chocobos. Yeah, you have chocobos. You know, cactars. Yeah, you have, you have a Sid. Right. You know, but like those, except for like the, except for like. 10-2 and 13-2 and all that stuff. Like, those games aren't... There's not... There's not, like... The, like, the, each game has, like, its own lore to it. Like, you could know a whole lot about one Final Fantasy game. And, like, I know a whole lot about Final Fantasy VI and not know shit about Final Fantasy VII, right? right? Um, and that's what really upset me with the uh, Zelda series. You know, when, when Skyward Sword came out, it was the same year that Hyrule Historia was originally published by Dark Horse Comics. Mm -hmm. And it was the first time that Nintendo was confirming to fans, there is a timeline, here it is, you know? And I thought that was so fucking cool. And they explained it in a way that made sense. Yeah. And Skyward Sword was the first in the timeline. I'm like, this is so fucking exciting. Yeah. And then A Link Between Worlds comes out, and no word from Nintendo. And then Breath of the Wild comes out. And they're like, okay, that timeline's wrong. So they retconned Here's it. Here's how it actually goes. I'm like, well, what you're telling me is that, no, there actually wasn't a timeline, right. you know? Uh, and I that that sucks. Yeah. You know? Um, when you have that and it kind of, and then you, you had it, and I feel like knowing that the, uh, that, for that first revelation that it was a timeline, yeah. I'm sure, I if, if it were me, I think that would have, you know, uh, enhanced my enjoyment yeah. of those games. And then to have that kind of taken away, that 
Does that make you feel differently about the series? Not really. I mean, I still love the series. Uh, I shouldn't say the series. Most of the games in the series. Yeah. Uh, but, like, and there are games that are still connected, right? Wind Waker and Spirit Tracks and Phantom Hourglass and right. all that, right? A Link Between Worlds and A Link to the Past and all that. But, like, largely, you can see where the divide is. You can see where, where they're, they're separated. Yeah. And I'm fine with that now. Yeah. You know? Uh, it sucks because I liked I liked there being a timeline, yeah. you know, but like for Nintendo to say, oh yeah, Breath of the Wild takes place after all timelines, so like, well, that doesn't really make any sense. Yeah, uh, you know, I I I don't care for that, but like I can still look at like Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask, and those those are paired, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I and I was talk- I talked about this uh, last week about uh, the like certain sort of different things that they do with fiction as far as uh like I talk I mentioned both Skyrim and Fallout uh where and it says and like when I think about when I go back and think about Fallout like it says right there that like this like that is a vault tech simulation like it says right. right there on the box but I don't know I guess I just never paid attention to that or but, why would you but then like I then I hear it and then I see it and then I'm just like it takes me out of it it's like none of the shit is happening so what does it matter and yeah. And even with that stuff, like the Fallout series, even like dating back before Bethesda, right? Yeah. And uh, and the Elder Scrolls series, you know, they've had so there's been so many different cooks in the kitchen, sure. you know, that like for for there to be a one cohesive narrative for all of those games, sure, doesn't really make sense. Like it makes sense, but it's 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 like, hey, I wrote this. Now you're gonna add on to that. Yeah. Now the next guy's gonna add on to that. Yeah. Uh, you know, whereas Zelda, yeah, there's like the new age of Nintendo and all that, right? But like, like Nintendo as a company typically has lifers. Most of their employees are there until they retire. Right. Like straight out of college until they re- they retire. Right. Uh, so it's been a lot of the same people working on Zelda right. for a long, long time. It would make sense for there to be a timeline, you know? Yeah. And, and you know, as far as Fallout is concerned, I don't need there to be a timeline because I, I'm fine with the idea of it being, you know, separate stories. Being yeah, give me this world. And, yeah. Yeah. Because uh, I like that. I mean, because when I thought about, you know, uh, at my first one of my first questions about Fallout 4 was, okay, when does this, when, when does this game take place? Right. Um, and the... The, and I think that question first came up when they showed us a, uh, the the first playable section of the game is before the bombs fall, mm-hmm. which is you know two hundred years prior to the, most of the game. Um, yeah, and I think that was a mistake to show that. Yeah, because I think a lot of people thought that you would play a significant portion of the game in that time. And I, I like when you play it, you th- like I I see what they were trying to do. I I see what they're trying to set up there. Yeah, because like it sets up the rest of the events of the game, like it sets up that you have a son and it sets up all that stuff. But at the same time, I think about fallout three and like it's fallout three is about me finding my dad. Right. And fallout four is about me finding my son, but in fallout three, like everything is already in the future. And right. They did that without showing me the past. Um, and I don't feel like that made it any more interesting, but what I was, what I, what I, I think it was cool to see like the difference, you know, like even just the visual difference. Sure. Uh, was neat to see. Yeah, uh, I I do think that if you, I think that if they were going to show us that that uh, that what stuff was like in 2070, then I think we should have gotten a little bit more than my house and front yard. Yeah. Uh, well, you run through the neighborhood real quick. Yeah. You know, um, up that hill. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
but I don't think that it added a whole lot to what is the overall meat of the game because like by hour by hour ten you've forgotten all about that. Sure. Um, You're not wrong. And I, I think I think that instead of making it making each game a simulation, I I would have loved to I would love it would just be different stories. Like maybe they're happening at the same time, maybe they're not. Right. Like it doesn't they don't need to be connected, right? Because the world, the wasteland and the world is so big that these two people don't need to be connected to one another. Right. Um you know, but and then but I mean I, I find that I could for for some reason I find that more I'm I find that I'm more okay with that than the idea of the uh Skyrim or like being the like a giant's dream. Mm-hmm. Like I just when you tell me stuff like when you and I don't understand. I don't get the point of that being part of the fiction, like because right. I feel like they're telling me that none of this stuff happened, so nothing, none of this matters. So why bother? You know, it's funny that you say that none of this matters, and so why bother, right? Yeah. Like, I wish so badly that you were done with Near Automata, yeah. So we could like dive deeper into that because I think it's really it would add a lot to this conversation. Yeah. Um, I'll say this, like. There's the obvious story that you probably already know with Nier Automata in that, like... No humans. Well, no, I'm not talking about that. I'm, t- I'm talking about, like, uh, the obvious story is, is that, like, y- you know, what what makes us human, right? Sure. But, like, that's such an overdone thing. Yeah. At, at this point in time, that's, that's, you know, between Terminator 2 and, and uh, fucking... I, I don't know, Ex Machina and like all sorts of different Short literature and, and video games have, have touched on it, right? Sure. But like, that's just the surface level of the storytelling in this game. It is, in my opinion, the most philosophical video game ever made. Right. Uh, and, you know, you said, why am I doing this? Why does it matter? Why I'm doing all this stuff, right? Near Automata in every video not every video game but in a shit ton of video games you're doing things for people uh whether it's i'm gonna go save the princess because and that makes me a good guy or i'm gonna go do this side quest for this person and that makes me a good guy but like you're really doing that stuff for yourself you know you're you're finding the princess because you want the gratification of you finishing the game sure right you're doing the side quest because you want the xp or the reward that you're going to get for it or whatever it might be near automata is the only game that i've ever played where you are doing something that is selfless for another real person yeah and i'll leave it at that okay yeah when I hear conversation about Nier Automata, I a lot of it is a lot of the conversation is based on the philosophy of the game. And I think from what you're telling me, the idea if I if I were to just if I if I were to leave it at the idea of the game uh addressing what it is that makes us human, I I'm selling myself short. Right. Uh and I'm not getting everything that I can out of this game. Yeah. I mean that's a cool thing. You it's know, cool, but it's, it's but like a, we've it's explored so, it so many times before. Well, there's that and the fact that it's there's that and it's just relative. Yeah. The answer is relative. And, you know, and I could I could play the game and finish it and it could the game could be just that. And then I could get the answer to that question. And I'd be like, no, I disagree. Right. And right. I and like I'm I don't know that I'm wrong or right because I just. What I like is it poses. There are many characters in the game who are based off of historical philosophers. Right. Like. That's the basis for these characters. Some of them are obvious. Some of them are less so. Yeah. Uh, 
And a lot of them are not, it's not about this is right or this is wrong. It's just posing the question to you. Yeah. You know? Um, I wish I hadn't watched as much of you. I wish I hadn't watched as much of it as I had when you were playing it. Um, Cause I feel like there are a lot of really cool moments that I would love to see for the first time on my own. You will, uh, you will, but like I, I, I've always been like when it comes to stories about like about Android or AI or something like the idea, like those stories where the, maybe the Android or AI doesn't know that it is such. Yeah. And it's like, it, it, it thinks that it's human and yeah. then it discovers one day that it's not. And Things like that. I've always like liked that. And I, I don't think that's what this is. Like I think that they are very aware, very aware uh, of what they are. But well, it's funny, right? Like the the game asks you to play it. The game asks you to get five endings, right? Which is really playing it through three times, two and a half, three times. Okay, right. Um, and there are philosophical things and plot points that are delivered on and earned almost immediately, but there are things that feel like they weren't earned your first time through. Mm. And that's just because you don't understand everything. Right. You know, once you finish it, like actually finish it, you'll realize, oh, that that really did make sense. That was earned my first time through, sure. you know. Um, it's a weird way of storytelling for sure. And the original Drakengard is, is quite similar in that. I haven't played any of the other games, so we'll see. Yeah, but uh, uh, and it's funny because like it, one of the that game seems to pose a lot of questions, uh, and the I find it interesting that my perhaps my favorite game of this my favorite one of my favorite games of this generation so far, mm -hmm. Mon Monster Hunter World. Yeah, yeah. Um, it asks zero questions. <laughs> Uh, and the and I, it was it wasn't until like the other day, uh, it was maybe like a week or so ago. I'm playing it. Uh, I'm playing the game with my girlfriend, and like she's like, "Why do we kill these monsters again?" Yeah, yeah. And I was like, "But it's such a different beast, though, right?" Yeah. Because like, it, okay, it's it's like the Shadow remake came out uh, right around the same time as Monster Hunter World, right? And I saw plenty of, of outlets were like, well, this game makes me feel bad about killing the monsters, and this makes the game makes me feel good about well, killing the monsters. Know, and, I, and like that's such a reductive way of looking at it. Yeah. Because like that's not what Monster Hunter is about. It, that doesn't make it a bad game. Like sure. Tetris has no story. Well, some Tetrises have stories. Yeah. Most Tetris has no story. Yeah. You know? It's You're still a phenomenal fucking video game. Yeah. It's just what are you looking for at this point? I think the funny you know? the funny thing about about Monster Hunter and in all its iterations is that it poses, it always poses a narrative. Yeah. Like, uh, like in, in generations, the narrative was, Hey, there's like, I think it's either four ultimate or generations. I can't remember which, but the, uh, the narrative was there's some kind of virus going around and, uh, killing these monsters is going to help us get an answer to that virus. Mm. Uh, and T virus. Sure. I mean, it could be <laughs> <laughs> the uh, abyss virus, <laughs> but then you have then you get to Monster Hunter World, and there is a narrative there, but the narrative seems all about this monster exists. So, well, it's giving you a reason. Well, basically, like the whole thing is built around the study of the monsters. Yeah. Uh, so, like you cap, like say, like because I prefer to capture monsters over killing them, just because it's purely mechanical. It's not a philosophical thing. I don't actually give a shit about the monster, but. Like, 
when you capture the monster, like there's like a there's a biologist who's like like when you capture the monster, like there's a little area where you see the monster sleeping, and there's a biologist who's like, oh, interesting. This monster does this when it does that, and then it's like, <laughs> and and uh, and that is, and then so then that's kind of as far as it goes. But then like a lot of the main story missions are like this giant, oops, this giant monster is over here killing these kinds of monsters, and it's. And I think we think it might be ruining the ecosystem, but we're not sure. Yeah, like, yeah, you yeah. should kill that monster anyway. Yeah. And like and I wonder like But that's enough though. Well, my whole thing is that like people ask the question, like, why are we killing these monsters? Like, I feel bad for killing these monsters. Like, well, look at him limp away and everything. And like look, I'm not a monster. I'm just ahead of the curve. No. <laughs> <laughs> but like what I'm saying is that like it's it's not I think that <clears throat> And I, I can't decide like I'm never I've never been one to try to police anyone's outrage or police anyone's feelings in that regard. But I will say this, that if you are. If you're questioning the moral idea of hunting these monsters that in no way, shape or form exists. I don't think any of these outlets were doing that. No, I I'm think not, they're, I'm, yeah. I'm talking about outlets. I'm just like, in general, like conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I don't think any, I've never seen an outlet. Like actually raise the moral question, like right. is Monster Hunter wrong? Right. Like they review it as a video game, right? Sure. But like a lot of the conversation that I had, like that I've not that I've had, but like th- that I listen to with people who aren't outlets but are just like questioning, like is it wrong that we're doing this? It's like no, because yeah, I could, I would, I would understand it if like these monsters had like a real world, like if there were real world representation of these monsters, like if Monster Hunter became like Dog Hunter and like you're rocking around hunting dogs, like then I would, I could see it, right? Sure. But like, at the same time, like you're like, why are we hunting? <laughs> like, why are we hunting these monsters? Right? Like, what is the point? Like, is like, why are we so cool? It's like my I never question it past like this monster makes cool loot, right? So I want that loot now, right? 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 Like right. that's the whole game, exactly. Right? And so and I I was and I've been playing Monster Hunter for, for a long time on, for going on 15 years now. Yeah. And I never and like I never once asked myself that question because why? Yeah, and again, I'm not saying that you shouldn't ask questions of about your entertainment. I'm just saying that I think the bigger the bigger question is why can't it be both? You know, like why why can't it be this gameplay loop that people like yourself mm-hmm. uh, get super hooked on and also have a compelling story? It it, it certainly could be both, you know? uh, and I can't find a conceivable reason why it isn't. Yeah, uh, well, I can I can the, I can conceive of the reason. Well, yeah, it's hard to write a good story. Uh, it is, but also you have to like you also. I also ask myself the question: like, does this game need a story at all? Well, let me ask you this: if a m- new Monster Hunter came out mm-hmm. and it was menu based, in that you just pick the mission you want to go to, you go do it. There's no dialogue, no story in between. Would you be having as much fun, or would you rather have just that baseline? Here's your reasoning. Here's a couple conversations here or there. Because I'd rather have that baseline, man. Well, see, here's the thing. There's a story. There is a story in uh, in Monster Hunter World, and it it it. I wouldn't have such a problem with it if it didn't force you to engage with it in such a. Uh, it's a weird way, right? Because like I get Monster Hunter, right? I want to play the game with my friends, right? And just hunt the monsters, right? Uh, and I want to play. Like, let's say I want to play the game with my friends from start to finish. We got to wait till everybody sees the cutscene. Right. Then we got. Then we can join the mission. Or sometimes, like it's it's it is the thing about it is I wouldn't mind it if it was a story that was actually worth engaging with. 
but it just seems so throwaway and like all the details that they give you in the story are so inconsequential and the story ends and that's it like not like nothing happens well i think in 2018 and even now in 2019 uh a lot of people will seem to forget how necessary those cutscenes are because you're loading yeah. you know and it's that or have a bar sure you know it gives you both though well sure that's the thing sure. that game gives you both <laughs> Uh, uh, I mean, it's a valid complaint it, for for the type of game it, that it is—a very online-centric game, well, I right? Just, I just uh, feel like they they by the, by now they know who their audience is. Yeah. Uh, and Monster Hunter World is a very good indication that they know who their audience is. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, but at the same time, though, like half their audience loves that lore. What little lore there is, right? If you go into a Monster Hunter wiki, you're going to get just as much information. A story information as if you go on to whatever you know maybe and horizon may, and, wiki or whatever it might be perhaps, uh, per, uh, perhaps i would enjoy it more if it's if it seemed to connect in some way yeah but everything every it's weird because every story is different uh every every monster hunter story that i've engaged with is different right uh but a lot of the monsters are the same like we get new monsters with everyone, but most for the most part they're the same. Uh, and like, if it were interesting to engage with, I would love it. Like, I love a good story, uh, and I feel like I get more. I feel like I get more of my money's worth when the story is good and 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 makes me care about it. Yeah. Um, but I just don't. Th- I think that if Monster Hunter were just like if it were that hub, and there were people around, like, hey, I do this thing. Hey, I do this thing, and hey, I do this thing. And hey, here's the here's the mission boards for you to go do your things. That would be fine with that. Yeah, uh, I would be. But I'm I'm speaking for myself. Uh, there are obviously a lot of people who care about the Monster Hunter lore. Uh, I care about Monster Hunter for the loot and the murder. Sure, that's what I want. Sure, uh, <laughs> just give me that. <laughs> um, but then there, but of course, there are games that we've that we both played that have. That have phenomenal stories. From what from what you're telling me, near story is fantastic. Um, I'm excited to engage with more of it. I'm also excited to update you on where I am. Oh yeah, for sure, man. Um, it's just weird, right? Like, you know, I I played the remake of of Shadow and Near in the in the same year. Yeah, you know, and those were probably my favorite games of that of that year. Right. Uh, yeah. It's weird because like near, like like I said, has such this deep lore and story in that goes in a hundred different directions, and you could read about it for fucking hours and hours and hours. And Shadow of the Colossus has so little of that, right? Sure. Uh, one narrative had such a high amount of of uh, effort put into it, and one has so little effort put into it, where it's it's almost non-existent, you know. Uh, both the stories affect me the same, yeah. you know. I guess it's, uh, you know, maybe. So, like, Monster Hunter could, like, they could make a compelling Monster Hunter story. Oh, no doubt, they know? could. But, like, they, they keep giving me these, they give me garbage characters. They give me, like, for example, like, I think. You don't like the kitty cats? The kitty cats are great. All right. I like the palicos. The palicos are great. They're probably my favorite NPCs in Monster Hunter. I like them. Especially the Meowskular Chef. I like him. Sure. Uh, I would say the most egregious offense is the handler. 
which is the uh, she is a new character, and basically she she I don't know what she does. I don't know in what way is she a handler. Uh, she doesn't help in any way at all. Yeah. I, I won't say in any meaningful way, but she doesn't help in any way. As a matter of fact, there is a, a specific mission where she wanders off and gets herself in trouble, and you have to fight a, you have to fight one of the stronger monsters in the game to save her. And it's like, and then I fought some giant monster hunter creature in Smash Brothers. Oh yeah, what what do you look like? Like a big dragon. Okay, so you got. It was what color was it? Do you remember? Like a brownish reddish. That would be Rathalos. Yeah, Rathalos is very cool. Well, Yoshi kicked his ass. Yeah. yeah. Well, Yoshi is the ultimate dragon. Sure. Um, dinosaur. Sure. Yeah. What are? What's the difference between a dragon and a dinosaur? I mean, dinosaurs are real. <laughs> so is Yoshi real? <laughs> I mean, Dinosaur Island. Fair. Uh, I don't know. I. I. Uh, I've never been one to complain about story as long as the game is fun. But yeah, the only thing is that the Monster Hunter story drags in a way that is like almost intrusive to me. <laughs> uh, but if well, especially w- for a game that you're putting so much time into, you know, 500 hours. Exactly. So exactly. Right. Which is more than that's the most time I've ever. Well, I was going to say the most time I've ever put in any video game, but I played a lot of World of Warcraft. Yeah. Uh, but I feel like I by now I put more time into uh, Monster Hunter: The World of Warcraft. Um, but you know what? It's fine. It's still it, it's still my favorite game of that year. Um, it's everything that I hoped it was. Uh, they did they did most of it right, and I you know I'm 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 really excited for what they do with uh actually that Witcher shit was just I wasn't into that like that was not fun yeah. Um, because it's just, it didn't look fun. It's there t- the, the gameplay, like, cause what they were doing, which is what I thought they might do, but I wasn't sure. They basically tried to give you the Witcher style of gameplay with that monster hunter. And those two, those two games are so disparate that it's just like, doesn't work. It doesn't work. Yeah. Um, and like, there's a, there's a event quest, uh, that I think is still going on. Actually, it just ended a couple of days ago, but there's an event quest uh, for the Witcher, that it says in red text at the bottom, it says, uh, it like has a sort of warning, like this quest difficulty is the same as Death March in The Witcher 3. Yeah. And if I've never played The Witcher 3, what, oh, does, that, exactly. what does that mean? But if you never played The Witcher 3, like, why would you be wanting, wanting to have Geralt in there anyway, you know? Sure. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it, like you said, mixing of games uh, can work and can fail miserably. Have you played any Starlink? No. Uh, I, my girlfriend has, but like yeah. she, she like our friend like let her borrow it or bought it for her or something. Yeah, yeah. And I saw, I remember seeing it at E3, and I was like, that sounds badass. Yeah. As far as toys of life games go, that sounds badass, uh, because it was doing it was the toys part was seemed interactive in the way that others weren't. Uh, yes and no. It is basically put this on this, and it'll appear in game. Yeah. Uh, I mean, toys to life aside, right? Like you don't you don't need to buy a single toy to get all the content of the, that sure. game. Uh, you have to pay for the downloads, but you don't actually <laughs> need the toys, right? Yeah. And it's cheaper for you not to buy the toys. Uh, Star, Star Fox, right? They put Fox McCloud and the R Wing in to the Switch version of of Starlink Battle for Atlas. That right? makes it sound like the ultimate version. And well, I mean, I'd say so, but like it really depends on what you're going for. 
uh, I guess my point is, is like that's that's two different gameplay styles. Sure. But in in Starlink, it actually meshes quite well. Yeah. Like yes, you're f- flying an aircraft in both of them, but like. Flying the R-Wing in Starlink is not like flying it in Star Fox. It's completely different, you know? And what you're doing is completely different. Yeah. But it worked well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'd, I remember when I saw that, I was like, man, I want to play that. And I thought I was going to buy it, like, out the gate. Production values, man. Yeah. It's got that Ubisoft money. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Oh, you know what I heard this this past week? I, I heard that, uh, that Vivendi finally sold off its last shares. Oh yeah, um, uh, I think as somebody who likes No Man's Sky and likes uh, what's the other one that you love so much? Elite Dangerous. Elite Dangerous. Yeah, I think Starlink is a game that you would like for a weekend. Yeah, you know, like it's it's like there's a lot of similarities to No Man's Sky, but it's much smaller than No Man's Sky. And is it uh, Gen like like No Man's Sky? Is it what what procedural DJ? No, no. Okay. It's much smaller than No Man's Sky, and there's actually a story there. Okay. You know. They patched in a story for No Man's Sky. Well, they patched in Star Fox for Starlink, so, like, <laughs> sometimes it kind of doesn't make sense, but <laughs> yeah. they, they tried, you know. Uh, that's That reminds me of, okay, so I remember. Like, sometimes they're just, like, like you know, Peppy's just in the background not doing anything, you know. Yeah. like <laughs> There's no reason for him to be there. I mean, that yeah. sounds like Star Fox. Yeah. Uh, that, that what you saying that reminded me of like how I pre- I put in a pre-order for Bulletstorm on the day before it launches for like, Duke just so I could get Duke and I enjoyed that for all of 15 minutes before I hated it yeah because like it's very, very I remember I, I talked about this on the, on the show back when that came out and it's very like they like nobody knows he's Duke except for him no he I don't even think he knows he's Duke because like he. He says all the things that uh, whatever the guy's name is in, in Bulletstorm. Bullet just, Bill. He says all the things that Bullet Bill says yeah. just in a Duke Nukem voice. <laughs> and like, and everybody refers to no, him. No, he has different lines. It doesn't seem like He it. does. He has different lines. And he does refer to the fact that why, why, don't, why, like, why do they not know who I am? Like, you just didn't play enough of it. Yeah. Yeah. I could do it. Like, yeah. like I, I, he's I, the only one with different lines. I, you know, I yeah. enjoy Duke Nukem like at, and Duke Nukem games. Sure. Uh, I mean, I want him in smash brothers. I think after Joker Duke Nukem. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I would like that also. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, I wonder what his, uh, what his ultimate smash would be. I don't know. It'd probably be inappropriate. <laughs> I think his ultimate smash would be him smashing a lady. Sure. Yeah. Uh, which also, like, I wonder, like, I think uh, the amount of sex that Duke Nukem has is implied, but, like, I've never actually, I, I almost said I've never seen him have sex. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Prove it. <laughs> uh, I know that he is a fan of strip clubs. And that's all about all I know of him. I know that he's a fan of strip clubs and he hates aliens. Yeah, uh, but I don't know anything else about him. But I know that I bet I bet that almost all of his attacks and smash would be different guns from Duke Nukem. Oh, sure, must be. Yeah, yeah. Uh, didn't he? Did he have a an uh, an analog like a the equivalent to a BFG nine thousand in his game? I don't know. I didn't play enough of it. I, I, like I never finished 3D. Really? Nope. 
I finished. Dude, 3D is like, like Doom and Wolfenstein both had, and even like Blood, they all had like secrets that you needed to proceed forward. Yeah. Not in the way Duke Nukem does. Duke Nukem 3D, like there are some like, yeah, you can walk through this wall. No, no indication as to why this wall is different from any other wall. Yeah. And you have to do that to proceed. Yeah. You know, like there's a lot of that in Duke Nukem 3D. Well, see, Duke Nukem 3D came out back when they were including instruction booklets in video games. Um, yeah, but they didn't tell you. This well, is where, what you what I was going to say was that uh, one of the things. So it would it would do this thing. And I think the console version or I don't know if every version of Doom did this. But I remember the console version specifically of Doom did this where they would you open the booklet. And one of the, one of the sections of the instruction booklet was dedicated to all the enemies that were in the game. Okay. So it would tell you all the enemies that would show up. Okay. And I remember uh, there were always and all those in those games there would always be like I'd see the enemy in the book and I'm like I don't want to fight that guy. I'll yeah. Just, I'll just stop playing before I get to him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like the the uh, the octo brains. Uh-huh. Like I saw those and I was like nope. Uh, and I remember I saw the in the uh in Doom I saw the the Baron of Hell and I was like nope. Yeah. And it wasn't until I became an adult that I was, like, actually okay with that shit. Sure. Like, because I, I, I don't know. I always assumed that, like, those guys were going to be too hard for me to beat, so don't even try. Uh, and that's worked out pretty well for me as general life advice. Sure. <laughs> but um, those, but Duke Nukem, like, like, like Duke Nukem and like, and, like, Doom. Like, Duke Nukem was broken up into episodes, too, I remember. Um, yeah. And, like. Yeah, it is. And. I remember. I think I. I think like I, Megaton added an episode, which is really weird. Yeah. So I remember. It's I, like if now they added an episode of Doom Two. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Wait, didn't they just recently add an episode to original Doom? I don't think so. I think that there's a new episode of of Doom out there. Weird. But that's like that just got. But oh, that's yeah. like official. Yeah, it's official, but it's on an outdated format that mm. you that you probably wouldn't have. DOS box. I just I forget. Like, but they actually there's like an official new episode for Doom out there. That Interesting. Just, that just got released like last year. Um, Thy flesh regurgitated. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like I I try to Doom joke. I get it. I was I've lost my train of thought because I I had a point that I was trying to make and like that you that I then I got I got lost on that tangent. But uh, you know those. I think that honestly, those old three, those old, uh, are they three D shooters? And it was called Duke three D, but like, yeah, it's three D. I mean, you're moving in a three D space. Is that what they mean? Yeah. Okay. I just yeah, because the original Duke Nukem were side scrollers. So I th- I remember I got I got Duke Nukem three D on the Sega Saturn for Christmas, and I'm sure my mom didn't know what it was, or she wouldn't have bought it for me. <laughs> uh, but I think about like because whoa, the, thanks, mom, <laughs> sucker. <laughs> um, but the only the only first person shooter that I had owned up to that point was Doom. Yeah, and and Doom, and Doom's one and two. You can't look up and down, right? Uh, and like so, like the because well, I had played other first person shooters. Like I had played Marathon at a friend's house, and like the idea of being able to like look up and down and crouch and all that yeah. shit was like it's just mind blowing to me. And I remember. Uh, I didn't know how to handle it with Doom 3D because I was like, I'd see, I would see the 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 regular grunt aliens like using their jetpacks and flying above me, and I just, 
I didn't know what to do. Like yeah, I, yeah. I just like shot forward. I was like, what the fuck? Why isn't it hitting him? Like, yeah. What the fuck is this game? This game is garbage. But like what's funny is you can go back and play like Doom and Wolfenstein with vertical aim now, which like makes zero sense for Wolfenstein. Yeah. Uh for, there's no there's no verticality. Yeah, for Doom it makes some sense, you know? Yeah. But like it doesn't really add much to the game. Like I guess yeah. it makes it slightly harder. Yeah. You know. Um Oh, so with like the with the vertical aim, like you have to actually aim upwards for it to register yeah. the hit. Uh so you had installed I don't. Which Doom did you have installed on your computer? Uh, the original Doom. Okay. Yeah. And I remember playing that with mouse and keyboard, which is the first time I'd ever played it with a mouse. Yeah. Most people did arrow keys and like uh, control to shoot and stuff. And like I that, was yeah. like, I was like, I could turn so much faster. In yeah. This, in this. Uh, well, you I, could do that with the arrow keys too. You just had to throw the sensitivity up. Yeah. Uh, it's and I think and I I look back on that and I think about like, it's, it goes back to what I was always saying about how. Uh, I would look at games and I would be like, I in my mind, I would look at games and I'd be like, there's no way games are getting better than this. Yeah. There's no way they're going to look better than this. So I felt with Donkey Kong Country. Yeah, there's no way they're going to play better. I remember looking at Goldeneye. I thought Donkey Kong Country was where we had peaked. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. I well, because you saw the commercial, right? And I got the tape, the VHS from you Nintendo Power. You saw the commercial and it was like, Donkey Kong in 3D? Yeah. No way. Yeah. Uh, and like, I remember, I do remember there was actually, there's, there's a tape that exists of me getting that game for Christmas and I would love to find it. Yeah. We could put it on the channel. Yeah. I, if I could find it, I would gladly upload that to YouTube. Sure. But, uh, uh, it was, I remember I, cause it was one of those games that it was like when you're a kid, you have those, like you see a game on TV, like it becomes, it instantly became one of those must have video games. Yeah. Like you saw it like I have to have that game. Like this is like and like if you got the game you were like you you were you were the coolest kid. Dude, it's so funny like from a console space uh what rare meant at that time. Yeah. You know because you had things like Donkey Kong Country and you had things like Killer Instinct and then GoldenEye, right? Yeah. And like like yeah, rare at, at, at that time on consoles was like the most visually uh, appealing impressive thing you know and now it's like there's such a fucking joke well like what do you what would they what would they be if they weren't bought by microsoft i don't know i mean the smart thing that they should have done is become nintendo first party yeah like, that's where all their impressive stuff was you know all these donkey Kongs, no kremlings in them yeah like i liked xbox avatar dlc mm -hmm. as much as the next guy but i'd rather you know like Donkey Kong was better. When no, I'll Dark say this: Zero Retro doing out, Donkey Kong is better than Rare doing Donkey Kong. But when Perfect Dark Zero came out, was Rare owned by Microsoft at that point? I don't know. Uh, because I I look at Perfect Dark from back when Rare was just Rare. Yeah. And I look at Perfect Dark after Rare made a game for Microsoft, and like it's night and day. I'd have to assume that they were. Otherwise, that game probably would have gone to other platforms. Sure. But I don't know. Um. But, you know, like, I, I remember looking at GoldenEye and looking like, this is, it doesn't get better than this. Yeah. Because this is where games are going to be forever. Well, it's funny is I went from Doom to GoldenEye, you know. That's quite a jump. And, yeah, like, I didn't, I didn't play, you know, Quake or anything. Like, I didn't play, I played, like, maybe Heretic and Hexen, which sure. look visually, like, you know, very much like Doom. Sure. Uh, and still badass. Yeah, and like I remember me, my dad sitting down with me to play it, and we're going through the first level of the dam, you know, and you come across that first enemy that's standing next to that guard tower. Yeah, and I shoot at him, 
and he jumps and rolls out of the way. You're like, what? Yeah, and I was like, that's fucking insane. Because until you know? then, until then, like, because like Doom wasn't doing that shit. Well, you any, know, any, any first any first person shooter that you played, the enemies would just charge toward you. Yeah, and you would just gun them down. Yeah, uh, because like they're like, how do you like? Yeah, like, the uh, what is it in Doom? The hell spawns, the flying skulls. Yeah. Like those were the guys with the most movement in that game. Yeah, you know. Well, because he like try to like try to okay. Try think of think about the imps as they appear in Doom twenty sixteen. Yeah. Now imagine, ima- try to imagine the imps in original Doom. Even just sidestepping to get out of the way. Yeah. It's just it's hard to wrap your mind around. Right. Like it's just like I it's just it's just, it's. Just, oh, they don't even really do that in the original Doom. Yeah. You know they kind of. <laughs> you know, like, like they just like do yeah. that place. Uh, yeah, it, and like I remember. Uh, so I remember the the version of Doom that I owned was on the 32x, which, you know, I'm sorry, it is what it is. <laughs> but uh, the 32x was, uh, you know, whatever. But I remember like one of the things. Like so, I would play Doom because I had a friend across the street who had Doom too. Okay, and. But he had it on his uh, computer. On his computer. Yeah. And one thing that I always noticed about those older console shooters is that, like, if the enemies were always facing toward you, like, even, really? Yeah. Like, if you, if you, like, I don't, if you played because in original Doom, you can face the back of an enemy. Yeah. No. Like, if you, like, you would circle. If you circle around, yeah, you just kind of like he just, turn he with just you. pivots. No shit. It's it's weird. Um, and yeah, I never played any of the console versions of Doom besides Doom 64, which yeah. is completely different. You yeah. know, uh, uh, I remember a, a friend of mine had Final Doom on PS1 and he let me borrow that, which is pretty great. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. And like, there are just little things that you notice. And then like, like it's those little things that I would notice. I'm like, man, I just had this. I had the worst version of the game. That's funny. Uh, and when I my memory of the game beyond that was like, it's not that much different. Like the game, like they're not much different from each other. Um, we got to play Doom sixty four. We got to do a let's play of that. Yeah, I think the mo- the coolest thing I the I remember I saw Doom sixty four in an issue of either Game Pro or Game Fan, uh, and I remember seeing the uh, the double chainsaw. Oh yeah, yeah, it's kind of gimmicky, honestly. Yeah, like as a kid, I'm sure like oh yeah, that's badass, you know. Yeah. But like, uh, there's only really one new weapon, but uh, it's a cool weapon. What is it? It like shoots these weird like lasers every which way. Yeah, it's pretty neat though. Um, like other than that, everything's a clone from previous Doom games. Yeah, we should. Man, we should. I think we should play some. We should have a. We should have a day of some old school FPSs. I want to play that Ion Maiden. Ion Maiden looks really great. Uh, is that in early access yet? I'm pretty sure it's been. I think so. Like I know they're not done with all the episodes. I'm pretty sure it is. I I, I don't know. It could be. We'll have to look at. Yeah, it looks cool. I like that that uh, grenade they have that like follows people. Yeah, that's pretty neat. Uh, what was that other game that that was released around the same time as Iron Maiden? Uh, well, Iron Maiden's not like out out yet. No, but what I mean is like the game that we heard about the same time as around the same time as Iron Maiden. It's another. God, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of good ones coming out. Like a lot of retro inspired FPS coming out nowadays. Yeah. Uh, Dusk is fucking phenomenal. Sure. Uh, a medieval looks awesome, but I haven't played it yet. Which one is that? It's like a heretic Hexen successor. Okay. okay. Yeah. Uh, I would like to go back and play Hexen. 
Yeah. I never got to play X and two. Um, I had a friend who had Heretic. Uh, one of us has that that it's I think it's just called Blood. Or it's like there's it's like it's a, it's a FPS that came out around the same time. Blood's an old FPS game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's pretty fucking awesome. Yeah, I, I don't think I never got to play it. I remember seeing you play as the titular Blood. His name is Blood. Yeah, I'm pretty positive. I could be wrong. I'm pretty positive his name is Blood. <laughs> uh, I remember seeing the the um, screenshots for it in some. I think it was Game Pro, and I was and I for some reason I was like I always thought, I was like, dude, he's got a fucking voodoo doll. That's yeah. rad. I don't have Blood, uh, but I'd like to, I'd like to buy it though. Um, I think one of us has it. What There's I, Blood Pro on Steam. I know that. I but I don't have I don't have it for I, sure. I think maybe I have it. I don't know. I yeah. I, just, I feel like one of us has it. Um, but yeah, I I've been wanting to play like because I've been playing so much like, um, uh, Apex Legends and and games like that where like modern shooters, right? And like, it is fun to watch those games. Like, I, it is fun to watch the shooter and by extension the battle royale kind of, you know, iterate and evolve on itself. But like I've been, I've been wanting to get back into some old shooters, and you know, Jared Petty not too long ago said something about like after the original Halo, mm-hmm. every single FPS game on console has been worse than what came before it. And while I don't agree with that one hundred percent, I think there have been some pretty good FPS. And he's not saying there haven't been good ones, you sure. know. Uh, but like the standardization of the way that first person games control on consoles really limits what the games are able to be. Sure. Uh, and I think like that was what was so refreshing about playing dusk, you know? Yeah. Like you can't, I don't suspect that game will ever come to consoles. No, because, and if so, it would be the worst way to play it. Sure. Cause you can't control a game that way on a, on a controller. You, you just can't, Yeah. you know? Uh, which is why I was disappointed in seeing Google's new controller because it's just oh yeah about, another controller about that like <laughs> it looks like it looks exact what it looks like to me when I saw it it looks like uh, a weird deformation of the PS the PlayStation controller I mean the analog sticks are aligned right yeah uh, well, the the D pad I I can't tell if the D pad is largely like oddly large or the buttons are oddly small yeah but it's one or the other you know and I don't know I. I think that I I think that what Google is trying to do it's interesting mm. more interesting than the controller anyway. Sure. Uh and I I'd be interested to see whether or not it takes off. Um I just don't I think that as well, the last interesting controller we had was the Steam controller. And I can't say that it's good or bad cuz I've never used it. Uh, people don't seem to like it so much. But that could have been something, mm-hmm. you know, could have been something new. Well, wasn't it like, because I think that part of it was kind of trying to split the difference between controller and, and mouse, mouse and keyboard. Yeah. Um, Being able to mouse on your TV without a mouse. <laughs> <laughs> um, Which is funny to me because like, you know, you can buy like Corsair makes like a really nice wireless mouse keyboard thing that's intended to sit on your lap on the couch, you know? Yeah. Well, th- you have all these games that do this thing where they try to uh, uh, emulate the feeling of using a mouse, like in the menu screen, like Destiny does this. Yeah. Uh, and it's like, 
I just don't, like, you know, I'm not using a mouse, right? So, like, just let me highlight the options, like, in a regular menu. You know what's interesting about that, specifically, is, like, both Breath of the Wild and Splatoon 2, well, Splatoon in general, yeah. uh, the motion controls on that, I mean, it doesn't feel like a mouse. Sure. But for some reason, it feels better than, like, you know when you're typing on a PS4 and you can put the DualShock into, the, like, the motion control mode to type that way? Yeah. feels a lot better than that. Yeah, well, that feels, well, that's a low bar because that feels fucking awful. But they're using the same tech. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Just implemented differently, I guess. Have you tried that, uh, speaking of speaking of that, because that reminds me of, like, have you tried the, the remote play with your PS4 on your phone? No, I have not. I will at some point, but uh, I have not. So I, I gave that a shot with, uh, I don't have an iPhone, so I uh, I use someone else's iPhone to do it, but uh, uh, I played some Bomberman clone on PlayStation. Did you play using the touch controls or with a controller? The touch controls. Why? Because that's all I had. <laughs> you have a DualShock 4. Uh, from apparently they don't just pair. They do. It's a process, but they do. I heard is uh is jailbreaking involved? No. Uh. Uh-uh. Okay. Like how? Well, is it is it as is it as easy as like setting your phone into pair mode and setting the controller to pair mode? It's not. No. Okay. There is a Logitech gamepad. Okay. That is as easy as that. Okay. But for the DualShock 4, apparently it's some process. I don't know. Like if I were to ab- if I were able to just plug the controller into the phone, yeah, that would work. Yeah, they have those. Uh, I'll probably try it with this thing actually. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it works. Like because I, I was I was the only thing I was interested to see was because I didn't I didn't imagine that it would control very well with touchscreen controls, especially if you're trying to play a shooter or a platform or something. Uh, I was just looking to see like what's the image quality like and what's the latency like. I heard it's pretty good. That's uh, not bad. Yeah, it's uh, it's not bad. As a matter of fact, like I've, you know, I've come around to the like the idea of the <clears> remote <throat> play thing with the PlayStation. Like, PlayStation has done some things. Sony has done some things with PlayStation that have uh, annoyed me, but uh, this remote play thing is 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 really neat. Well, it's it's funny to me because like, it's a big story, right? And like, rightfully so. A lot of people own iOS devices, sure. but I, I'm just like, you know, I could have done this with my Vita four years ago. Yeah. You know, like this, this was, is not new. It's new to iOS. Yeah. It's, and like, but at the same time, like, and like also why not Android? Yeah. I don't know. I was disappointed in that, but yeah, like I don't get me wrong. I'm sure it'll come. Sure. But, uh, maybe it's a, maybe it's a development thing. I, yeah. don't, I don't know. But, um, it's, it's, it's neat. But like I, at the same time, like it's neat. But I feel like the only thing that I would use it for is connecting to my PlayStation, like when I'm at work or something, right? Just to install something. That's all I would. Oh, need. you could do that without that app. You could do that with just a regular PlayStation yeah, app. You got to go through all the things. It's, yeah, it's, it's a process. Uh, I just I I don't know that I have use for it honestly. Like I played my Switch a lot at work. I guess I can't. Uh, I can't imagine. Look, well, if I were if I'm away from home, I can't imagine that if I'm away from home, I have enough downtime to sit down and play my PlayStation wherever I am. Okay, yeah, I mean, for me, you know, lunch breaks and whatnot. Yeah, but. I guess that's true. Um, but like normally, if like I have a free minute, I'm usually doing something else. Like yeah. I'm usually like trying to text somebody or whatever. Speaking of, I wasn't gonna bring this up, but since we're talking about input, mm-hmm. uh, so this thing here, a friend of mine sent to me. The 8-bit SN30 Pro, and I really, really like it a lot. Uh, so I've had problems. 
Okay. So here's a switch. Sure. Right? That is a switch. We only really need this. So the D-pad is segmented because it needs to act as buttons for when you're going to play multiplayer games on the go. And that makes sense. I understand why they did that. What I don't understand is why they won't just sell me one of these with a D-pad on it that I will pay them for. Yeah. You know? Well, you got to buy those in a set? No, you can buy them one. You can buy just one. But, like, sell me one with an actual D-pad. Yeah. I'll pay extra money for that. Now, there's been companies that have made their own casings that add a D-pad here. Yeah. There have been companies that make this cheap little shit piece of plastic that fits over the buttons to act as a D-pad. Yeah. Uh, and Nintendo actually licensed Hori to make a Joy-Con with an actual D-pad. Yeah. Problem with that is that one doesn't have a battery in it, so it's eating your Switch's battery while you're using it. Yeah. So then I buy this. This is the Switch Pro controller, mm-hmm. and it is a very good controller. I would say it is my favorite current-gen controller. It looks like it looks like a good controller. Uh, but the D-pad, once again, significantly better than the left Joy-Con. But you can press multiple directions at once because unlike Nintendo's old D-pads, this little concave part that is actually convex on the bottom side is missing. And that allows you to not be able to press multiple directions at once. Why they got rid of that, I will never, ever understand. Uh, So this fixes that. And this thing, as a matter of fact... Does everything that this does, including motion, including rumble, uh, only thing it doesn't have is an NFC reader, which, I mean, I own one Amiibo, you know? Uh, so, yeah, it's fantastic. Buy it. It's it's not expensive. Uh, and which, actually, by the way, we are not sponsored by anyone, so that's Tom's genuine recommendation. Yeah, and this is uh, designed after the Game Boy, which is interesting because, like, they originally came out with the Super Nintendo one, right? Obviously, you can tell from the shape of it, right? Right. Uh, this one is designed after the Game Boy, so it's the Game Boy colors, which I like a lot. But they went as far as to give you a Game Boy-style D-pad, so you have the texture of the old Game Boy D-pad, which I actually quite like. Yeah. Uh, if you have a Switch, that's your new best friend. Yeah. I want a Switch. Yeah. How long, how long do you think it's going to be before... Uh, I know that it's way early, but how long do you think it'll be before Nintendo says, okay, here's our new our new thing? Like a brand new console? Yeah. I think sooner than you think. Yeah? Yeah. Why is that? Uh, just because they are so behind. Like, Nintendo's proven time and time again that they are okay with being, you know, technically behind right. the competition, right? Uh, but, like, we're so close to the next PlayStation and the next Xbox... And Nintendo is already drastically behind sure. as far as tech goes. The, I just don't think it can hang on for that long. Yeah. Um, which I, I could be wrong, right? Like, I think, what is it? 3DS, play, uh, the screen is like, what, a 240p screen or something like that, which is fucking nuts in 2019. Yeah. Uh, and they're still putting out games for that thing. I don't know for how much longer, but they are still putting out new games for it. Yeah. Uh, Nintendo games, you know. Uh, but I, I don't think it's going like to last as long. I think it'll outlast the Wii U, right? But I don't think it's going to be like this long life cycle uh, like the when, NES or when the, the Switch the came Wii. out. Was it 2017? Uh, yeah, 2017, March 3rd. So when the when the Switch came out, the the PS3, I'm sorry, the PS4 and the Xbox One have already been out for four years, right? And what I'm saying is like they're choosing these mid generation releases, which I don't think is a bad idea. Yeah. 
but that makes their hardware age faster. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get it. Uh, what about that? Did you, uh, real quick, I wonder, because I, I meant actually to, to ask you about this uh, during the last episode, uh, but you saw that uh, that VR Labo? Yeah. What do you think of that? I think it's awesome. I think it's great. Uh, it's a little pricey because you can get cardboard VR to work with your phone for way less, Okay, you know? Uh, but I think, you know, a Nintendo does not seem to be trying to push Labo down everyone's throat, yeah. right? I don't think that they want this to be your main VR unit. Sure. That's ridiculous. Yeah. And I don't think it's marketed as such, you know? Uh, this is for kids, just like the other Labo stuff has been for kids. And I think for that, it's fucking awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think the idea of being a kid, and I'm like, dude, I just built my own VR visor. Yeah. That's neat. Yeah, you uh, built the whole thing, right? Yeah. And one's got a fucking, like, gun attached to it. You know what's interesting? is like, some of this stuff is stuff that, like, we just didn't know what it was that they revealed a long time ago. Yeah. Like, that weird flappy bird thing. Oh, yeah. Was in the initial Labo reveal. Yeah. That's in the original Labo reveal. We just didn't know what it was. Uh, you know, I was talking about Labo with some people uh, maybe a week ago. And... I'll have, I'll buy the the VR one just to I, fuck around with it. I well I the 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 statement that I had made for me yeah anyway was that for me and this is this is having this is, I'm saying this having not played all of the Labo thingies you're not missing anything. I was saying that ninety percent of the fun of Labo is building it. I don't disagree, and I think that's a big part of it is to see how these things actually work. Yeah, you know, like um, if like if. If I could just have, if you just give me a bunch of Labo, like like if if they kept if they just came up with a bunch of Labos, I only have a Switch. Yeah. But if they just came with a, with a bunch of Labos that I could build, that would be fun. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, I don't know why they would do that if they're not putting games with them. But like, it's funny because people are like, "Oh, Labo's a failure," yet Nintendo keeps making new Labo things. But like, right? how do well? I think people quantify failure in this industry really weird. Well, people quantify it based on critical reception and based on uh, profit, right? What people don't seem to understand is Nintendo doesn't need to make a lot off of cardboard. Yeah. You know? It's cardboard. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like they, they don't have to they don't have to go to a part they don't have to have a like get a part center right somewhere to like make their cardboard. They're not competing with Apple for cardboard. Right, exactly, you know. Like they they don't have to make a lot off of it for yeah. it, for it to be successful. And you know, I I think for kids it's awesome. Yeah. Uh and again, I like I've I've seen a lot of adults that, that complain about it, but I'm just like, dude, it's not for you, you know. Yeah, that's another thing too. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Uh, so one last thing that I wanted to bring up because it's a it's a it's a it's a disap. I don't want to call it a disappointment right now, but it's it, about Shanae's episode with the game. Yeah, I just really want to talk about that while she wasn't here. It's a disappointment. Yeah, that's. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, depending on, depending on when this is uploaded, you might not know what I'm, what we're talking about, <laughs> but, um, w- what I was going to say was, um, so when, uh, when Red Dead Redemption 2 came out, yes. um, first of all, we watched that trailer together and I was like, man, this game looks so fucking badass. Yeah. Arthur Morgan is a badass. For sure. At this point, I don't know anything about that guy, but he's badass. Arthur Morgan is actually really badass, but, um, when I was playing through the main story, I was like, I love this story. I want it to last as long as I can. 
Okay. But at the same time, I want to get through it so I can go ahead and do Red Dead Online. Okay. Um, because I, the way that everything that I had read about Red Dead Online made it sound like, oh, it's just more of this. Yeah. Except online, and I'm with my your posse. My well, either my posse or I'm alone, and I'm making my own custom guy, right? Okay. So. So what's the problem? Okay. <laughs> All right. So uh, I get online. I, I I load up Red Dead Online. Uh, which, by the way, is it's it's in beta, so like that's I want to say that up front. It's in beta. Uh, so I load. I'm making my guy, and you know, I I remember I remember immediately feeling weird about the fact that like all the teeth options are really gross. But like I was like I was wondering over like I was like I just want to get into the game. Yeah, but you're not going to see the fucking I, teeth again, anyway. Again, yeah. again, I want to get into the game, and just. We'll see, let's see what this is like, right? Sure. So, what I'm expecting is like, what I'm expecting is like a densely, like a like a, a populated, alive world that my guy wanders around in, and populated by players or by AI, both. So you expected this to be an MMO? No, not not like an MMO. But like I want like all the NPCs that I see walking around and doing their thing in the in the base game. Yeah, I was waiting to see that. Okay, uh, and they weren't there, which made the world it made the world feel like really empty and weird. But that was fine. Like as long as I can play the game and do the things that I want to do, right? <laughs> okay. And I was expecting like when I was going into it, I was like, I'm gonna put so much time into this. I'm gonna put so much time. I'm gonna I'm gonna get all the guns. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna do all the things. And, yeah. Uh. So. I played Red Dead Online for all of one week. Okay. Uh, and I stopped because, <laughs> like, for me, the experience has largely been people shooting me in the head while they yelled the N-word at me. Okay. And I was like, and I was thinking about it, like, how, like, that sucks because, like, I want to, like, I was waiting so long to engage in this this thing. Like, I wanted to have fun with it, and it was just cut short because, like, I don't, so is the complaint the community? Like, what's the complaint here? It's not a complaint. I'm just, I'm just disappointed. I'm not complaining. Yeah. I'm just saying that, like, it's like... But ever, disappointed in what? I'm disappointed that I didn't like it as much as I thought I would. Okay. Uh, because, so, largely because of the N-words and the getting shot in the head. Sure, sure, <laughs> sure, sure. So... It, but, but I will say this. <clears throat> if they made it to where I could, like, have a private lobby... Like with just me, yeah, or just my me and my friends, yeah, yeah, I would love it. So here's the thing, okay. Uh, Red Dead Redemption Two is never going to be Grand Theft Auto Five. It's not. People that expected that, they were dumb to ever expect that. Sure, it will never be as big as that game is. Sure. Uh, that said, Red, like you said, Red Dead Online is still in beta. Yeah. Right. Most of the complaints that I've heard lobbied against Red Dead Online mm-hmm. are things that we don't actually know dick about. Sure. Right? Like, oh, I can't choose what game mode I want to play. Well, that's probably because they want a certain amount of people in each mode so they can stress test things. Yeah. When it's actually and also if launched, if, you will probably be able to choose which game mode you want to play. Yeah. Uh, you know, this is a beta, right? Mm-hmm. And we've seen, like... We've seen drastic changes come to to these online games, whether that be GTA Five, sure. whether that be Rainbow Six, sure. or The Division, sure. or Destiny, or whatever, whatever. Right? Uh, these games are supported for a long time or right. a longish time. Yeah, um, and I think that will be the case with Red Dead Two as well. Sure. 
they have the money to support it. Yeah. Whether a lot of people were playing it or not. Uh, you know, I mean, Fortnite is still an early access game. Yeah, which is insane. That's fucking dumb. <laughs> Red Dead's not going to be that. Yeah. You know, like, give it some time. Like, what are you still working on that is still in early access? Yeah. Yeah. Like, what are you... <laughs> working on getting that money. <laughs> like, like what is like what is the early access... Like, what is the game... What is the part of this game that, like, isn't polished off yet? Yeah, and speaking of, everybody that said Apex was going to overthrow Fortnite, like, yeah, it did for, like, a week, but... Fortnite viewership is back on top. I guess I guess my largest complaint about Red Dead Online is the N-words and getting shot in the head. Yeah, to, but like, that Rockstar, sounds like a community Rockstar, thing. Rockstar cannot control the N-words. Right. They can't control the right. number of N-words that are thrown at me. I just, I've never been... But that is something I think that you could, that is within your control, you know? How's that? Well, you can't control what people are yelling at you, but, like, you can mute other players, can you not? I can, but, like, there's always somebody signing in. Yeah. And then there's then like that person like I don't know when new people are signing in. So you're just getting n word after n word over and over again, for the most part, yeah. That's surprising. Yeah, it's a lot of n words. Yeah. Um, uh, and then like I said, like custom lobbies. I'm sure I'd be surprised if that's not eventually a thing. If that became a thing, I would probably play yeah. more of it. I'd probably get back in there. But uh, it's just like looking forward to something and then being almost immediately deflated by it is just. Yeah. It's a sentiment that I wanted to share. Sure. I mean, I waited for like four years for Mighty Number no. 9. I, I, you pay, you you helped make that game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Red, yeah. Dead, Red Dead Redemption 2 is... I hesitated for a second because I thought this, might, this word might be too strong. But that game is a masterpiece. I thought you were going to say it's the N-word of video games. <laughs> Bound by Flame is the end of the video games. <laughs> Ian's eyes. Uh, or, no, actually, you know what? Bound by Flame, as far as I know, wasn't crowdfunded. Um, was it not? I thought it was. I could have swore that was a Kickstarter, no? I don't know. I don't think so. When I heard about it, it wasn't as a... It wasn't, I think it's a Kickstarter. When I heard about it, it wasn't presented me, to me as a Kickstarter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was going to say that maybe Mighty Number no. 9 is the N-word of video games. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, man. On that note, uh, thanks for joining us once again. Uh, this has been me and Tom talking about video games for an hour and a half. Sure. Uh, we will see you on the next episode. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>